Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. I hope 2022 has been off to a good start for you and yours. In this episode, we'll continue with our Old Testament survey. Uh, Today we'll examine a pretty famous prophet by the name of Jonah. The name Jonah means dove. Jonah was sent by God as a messenger of peace to the city of Nineveh, though his attitude was more of a hawk than of a dove. The author of this book was Jonah himself. He is specifically mentioned with the prophet of in 2 Kings 14.25 as the son of Amittai. His hometown was Gath Hefer, a small village of Zebulon, about 20, or 2 miles northeast of Nazareth. So this is a little side note. This is a Jewish tradition. This is not a biblical definite but a jewish tradition that says that jonah was the son of the widow of zarephath whom elijah raised from the dead again that's jewish tradition don't know 100 percent, but it's interesting jonah prophesied in the early reign of jeroboam ii announcing to israel that the lord would again have mercy on them by granting them a time of great national growth this mercy was granted Mm -hmm. In spite of the wickedness that was running rampant through the land, and the design of it by God was that to stimulate them coming back to him. You'll find that in 2 Kings 14, 23-25. I'm not going to read that for you. Uh, So that's kind of when he was prophesying. And the writing of this book is around 765 B.C. Um, The time range was during again the reign of Jeroboam II. Jonah's visit to Nineveh was probably toward the end of his ministry and it was fairly lengthy his ministry. He got back and then he wrote the book after he returned. There have been scores, multitudes of liberal scholars who have challenged the events of this book and the how it should be interpreted or should it be in the Bible. Jonah has become a test of faith because of its unbelievable miracles. Over time, two basic views have developed concerning this book. Either it's allegory or literal. The allegory, you know, it's the, this is alleging the story is a myth. It's, a, it's fiction. Used, as, used to teach a truth, yes, but not real. And then the literal view recognized that this took place, this is history, it happened. Uh, so there's a number of reasons why it's literal. The story is presented as an actual historical event relating to a very specific ancient place and people and gives no hint, none whatsoever, of being fictional. Uh, fictional. Jonah is identified as the Samamatei in Second Kings 24-25. Jewish tradition in an unbroken line testifies to historical truth of Jonah and his experiences. Uh, Secular history has proved to us that men can be swallowed by big fish, whales mostly, that we know about, and survive. And then the the, the really cherry on top for me is that Christ testified of it as well. He noted the miracles as being actual events in Matthew chapter 12 and Luke chapter 11. So this is literal, this is is true, this happened, and uh, we should believe it as so. So this story really is based, I mean, the biggest part of it is Nineveh. So geographically, Nineveh was located 
on the east side of the Tigris River, uh, nearly 600 miles from Jerusalem, a three-month journey back in the day of Jonah. It was one of the most ancient cities. It was established by Nimrod in back in Genesis chapter 10, verse 11, at the very dawn of life on earth. Its population uh, during this time period was thought to be well over 600,000. Uh, villages and suburbs of that stretched out to over 20 miles from the heart of the city. Politically, uh, the Assyrian Empire at this time was in a state of decline. Uh, religiously, the Assyrians had become, to be, uh, become more monotheistic, so just one god, rather than the plurality of gods. Sadly, though, they're not worshipping the true and living God, but rather they are focused and worshipping Nebo. Morally, the people of Nineveh were known by those around them as being ferocious uh, and a very sexual people, and not in a good way, very bad. Uh, they liked to plunder. They took pride in the mounds of human heads they would bring back from their scavenging operations uh, and invasions, intrusions on other uh, cities and nations around them. They fortified themselves in a city with two walls. One was not enough, two is what they had. Uh, spaced around the wall was over 50 towers. One uh, wall was 100 feet tall from what we know of in uh, uh, archaeological studies and wide enough to ride three chariots around the city wall. I mean, that, that is one thick wall. So that, that's kind of the, you know, the geographical, just a little bit about the people. And so then in the situation in Israel, Assyrian Empire had been a threat to Israel since the time of uh, Oram uh, in uh, 880 BC and had forced them to pay tribute for about 50 years. Jeroboam II threw that off and expanded the northern kingdom to its largest extent since Solomon. Religiously, Israel was becoming more and more morally corrupt, uh, definitely with a hugely independent uh, mindset from God. During this specific time, though, it was a golden age of prosperity, but she was unaware that God had granted her this, this time, this golden age, to bring her to pe repentance, not to independence, but to repentance. The purpose of Jonah was really to declare the universality of both God's judgment and his grace. He judges wickedness in all spheres, and he responds to repentance in all nations. So some unique contributions of Jonah. So Jonah and Obadiah, they're close, you know, they are two Old Testament prophets and writers of books. Obadiah describes God's wrath on Israel's enemies. The book of Jonah counterbalances that with the illustration of God's mercy shown to Israel's ancient enemies. In Obadiah, God's uh, judgment is pronounced on the heathen who reject knowledge of God and persist in their vengeful arrogance. In Jonah, God's mercy is given to the heathen who repent and then respond to, uh, to God, to Israel's God. So a big difference, and it's interesting to see. The pretty amazing, I mean, think about this. The book of Jonah is all about Jonah coming to Nineveh and to declare judgment. No prophet was so concise in his message as was Jonah. 
his, his prophecy contained only eight words. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's all we have. This short prophecy uh, failed to come to pass, come true, much to his displeasure, because Nineveh repented. And uh, we, we, we sometimes forget how, how small the message was, but how great an effect it had on um, the people of Nineveh. And the book of God's mercy, uh, Jonah 4.11, And shall not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between the right hand and the left, and also much cattle. No book of the Old Testament is so emphatically teaches the extent of God's mercy to a Gentile nation as does the book of Jonah. The worldwide perspective of Israel's mission was previously noted by Joshua and Solomon, but often forgotten by other nations and and by the nation itself. Jonah was used to call the nation to reflect on God's program of universal judgment on evildoers and his universal offer of mercy for repentance and faith. So I hope that's helped you understand the book of Jonah just a little bit better. And uh, keep exploring the word and have a wonderful day.